Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. If, you, uh, if you're joining us, do say hello. Um, as always, a um, little namaste or a little hello. Um, namaste, Mark. I hope you're well. I know you're isolated at the moment. Um, Ramona, how are we, <laughs> how are we doing? James, Mark. Um, yeah, give us a thumbs up, guys. As many thumbs up as you can. Um, I can't see anything. Um, so, I mean, I can, <laughs> but I can't, I can't see any chat or anything. Um, so. there's, there's no one on there at the moment. We're waiting. <laughs> yeah, okay, joking. fair enough, fair enough. Um, even Evertrex just said namaste. But uh, Shona, Thanks. Dave, Julie, Lee, Leah, Dave again, carpool edition. Yeah, yeah. So you might notice today that, um, yeah, Dave's not in the in the office today. Dave, where are you? Um, well, I'm I'm just, uh, I'm at the hospital. See, so I look here. See, so look, see, there's a hospital. That's a Maserati. Is that, is that a Maserati? That's a Maserati, yeah. And, um, it's got to be a private doctor, right? Um, well, you know. You never insurance. know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, the, yeah, so uh, I'm literally, um, I'm going to be in and then out. So yeah. I'm here for the first sort of half an hour. But uh, um, I'm going to double check, actually. Yeah, one o'clock, I've got to go over in that building to uh, have a post-op checkup for the old knee. Um, nice. And we thought this is a way that I was initially not going to be on, and then Andy came up with the idea. Was like, "We'll do it in your car," and I was like, "Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not, mate? Why not?" We, uh, we we're definitely going to be doing um, some lives outside of the office now. We're actually allowed out of the office because I know yeah. this format was created during lockdown. Um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, actually, um, on the thirteenth of July, um, myself, Dave, and um, our lovely, sexy business mountain lion, Steve. Who looks after all our videos? We're going down to London, visit the team at the Altitude Center. Um, so yeah, that'd be really good. It's going to talk about altitude, uh, you know, all the science behind it. We'll also be getting hooked up some of the machines to show you how it all works. Um, yeah, really excited about that. It's the, one of the first lives that we're able to actually film outside, um, you know, of the of the office, if you like. So uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to doing that, guys. So yeah, yep. put it in your diaries. The thirteenth of July. Same time as always, obviously, half 12. Um, yeah, and we'll be at the Altitude Centre in London. So, yeah, really excited about that. But today, it was, <clears throat> well, quite apt, actually, because we wanted to do this one quite a lot, uh, you know, for a while, um, you know, which is, is talking about the Nepali culture, especially the Sherpa people, um, and also uh, sort of bust a few myths around it as well, because, um, you know, we do get, um, you know, there's, there's a few different ways that Sherpa are, Name Sherpa or called Sherpa or an ethnic group called Sherpa, and there's a lot of confusion around that. So we thought we'd um, we, we we chat about that today, as well as obviously the, over in June we'll be doing strides for guides, which is raising money for these awesome people as well. And we thought why not do it at the end of that, because we've got today and tomorrow, and then um, I think it's today and tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, and then the first July. Uh, so we thought why not round it off and, and talk about the guides um, and also why we use local guides as well. I thought it's a really nice yeah. way to kind of finish off June. Um, you know, but it goes without saying, uh, and Dave, I know you'll you'll, you'll um, uh, agree with this. It's been great seeing everyone get out at the moment, isn't it? Like everyone out there <clears throat> putting in those strides. I know some of you have done over 200 kilometers, which has been fantastic. And, you know, in terms of engagement and getting people out there, guys, it's, it's, it's been great. Um, yeah. You know, in, in terms of the, the money raised, I mean, you know, we always, we always want to raise more. Um, you know, it's been quite a challenging time for everyone. But, you know, whatever we raise is going to make a difference anyway. So... 
thank you um, uh, for, for doing that, um, you know, and, and putting in those uh, the efforts in terms of fundraising. You've got a couple of days left now. And there's one thing I got a fee behind. I could feel the 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 energy going. <laughs> she's she's head fundraiser. Um, she's yeah. worked fundraising for new, numerous years. Um, and, and the last two days is always when you get kind of the most money in. So if you have done the strides for guides, really do share the, um, uh, you know, the GoFundMe link. Lauren, the one who was on the comments, can you pop that in the uh, the comments as well, just so people can share it? Um, and it, that would be fantastic. Any, 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 you know, any, any pound will make a difference. So, yeah, I just thought we'd uh, we'd get that out there before we go into the live. But Dave, yeah, should we should we go in? yeah why not yeah so yeah it's an interesting one today yeah. and um you know we know that a lot of you guys as well like the, particularly the um the regulars will will know some of this but there's a huge proportion of people that listen to these you know afterwards on youtube and stuff like that they may not be aware of some of the um you know the subtle difference colloquialisms around wording yeah. and things like that about sort of you know the the teams that get us to the himalaya and get us to base camp and get us up those mountains and and um, I think, well, you know, right off the bat, well, um, you know, one of the things that often gets said, and most of my friends, when, you know, I talk to them, they, you know, they're not strictly involved in adventure travel, will always say yeah. this, you know, um, you know, oh, when we're going up, so we got the guide and then um, how many Sherpas carry the bags and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. And and um, how many Sherpas do this? And, and, and what they mean is porters. Um, but sherpa has actually become a bit of a byword for porter because traditionally yeah. it was the sherpa people that lived in the mountains in the high regions of the himalaya that would be doing those types of jobs so initially you know yeah they would refer to them as sherpas because they yeah. were sherpas um but sherpa not it's not a job title it's an it's an ethnic group of people yeah. um that um i think moved from from the plains of tibet into nepal um they're buddhist and they live in the high areas of the mountains and because of that they're incredibly um suited for high altitude mountaineering and trekking they've mm -hmm. got um you know the, their bodies are far more efficient at carrying oxygen um they perform extremely well at high altitude far better than any westerner um so they were initially picked for those difficult jobs and that's why a lot of the time now we you know some people still refer to porters as sherpas um, but actually, the majority of our porters are actually uh, Nepalese. Now, yeah, the different, yeah, they, yeah. they are all Nepalese in terms of their citizenship. Um, but the difference between someone who's sort of um, like Nepalese um, in their heritage and Sherpa in their heritage is very different because the Sherpas yeah. are not necessarily from Nepal. So that's why we say. And, um, and yeah, that, that's always some, and it's something that we've always found interesting. And one of the great things about go into the Himalaya and go into Nepal is that you you will experience that type of thing. You know, when you arrive, all of our staff, by the way, all of the people that we use, all of the people that we support are all local. Um, they're all Nepalese. Um, so from the people that pick you up from the airport to the climbing guides, the trekking guides, the people that fly the planes, <laughs> everybody, the helicopter pilots, they're all Nepalese. Um, you know, when we're very, we're, we're almost, I would say strict about that, and right? You know, that we, we want to make sure that we're as, you know, we're as beneficial for those communities as we can be. We don't want to be seen as like someone that comes in and and, and uses their natural, um, you know, wonders for our own gain. You know, we want it to yeah. everybody to benefit. And that's right from the moment you get picked up in the airport to the family that serves you food in Gorakshep. <laughs> you know, that there's 
that's yeah they're all important. yeah Dave sorry to jump in mate I know we've um yeah like I said they're all uh Nepalese aren't they but you know we especially that's one of the things we wanted to kind of um you know not not tell people off because of, because look guys you know ultimately um Sherpa is, is a word that can be used many times um you know the Sherpa is a job title and, and people like to be known as a Sherpa um, but then you have the Sherpa ethnic group that are kind of like, well, wait a sec, we're Sherpa. Um, so it can be a little bit of an issue in Nepal. But look, I think it's important to remember, you know, all these all these wonderful people, um, you know, what, whatever their uh, ethnic group at the moment in Nepal are having a hell of a hard time um, right now. And, and certainly for us, I mean, this is one of the way, one of the reasons, you know, we talk about them so much because, you know, I mean, for us, I mean, we haven't, uh, you know, we regularly catch up with our team in Kathmandu. Um, you know, but we, we don't really uh, speak to many of the guides. Uh, you know, we, we, we kind of, uh, you know, we get the odd Facebook message and things like that, but actually just to engage like, um, you know, Zoom call, things like that, we, we don't see the guides that often. Um, yeah. You know, but we're speaking to our news a lot, especially in Nepal now. I know we, we obviously got uh, other countries which we operate in, which, you know, and uh, they're all important to us. Uh, but because of our, because of where we come from and Nepal was where it started, um, that's why, I mean, for us, it's always been... Um, you know, our bread and butter and, and, and our first place we wanted to help. Um, you know, whether you're a Sherpa, whether you're a, a, a Gurun, a Tamang, um, you know, just thinking of all, all our guides' names, you know, they're all amazing people. But, yeah, so when it comes to, to the Sherpa, um, I highly recommend you watch the documentary as well called Sherpa, um, which is fantastic, isn't it, Dave? I know we've, yeah. uh, you know, we've, I've watched it a couple of times and, I think it was it was filmed. I mean, it, was, it was filmed in two thousand fourteen uh, when there was a big um, sort of avalanche uh, and at Serac collapse that went through the Kumbu Icefall, and sadly, uh, a number of Sherpa and a number of um, the porters as well, who were who were basically climbing and taking equipment up through the Kumbu Icefall, sadly uh, passed away. But there were a couple of guys who survived, um, and it's a shame actually because um, I'd be great to have Dower on here. But Dower, who was um, who was basically he's a good friend of ours. Um, I say he's not not a guide of ours. Um, he used to used to guide with us, um, but now he's he's too he's busy with his. Uh, he, he sells a lot of hats these days, but he's uh, selling yeah. something called Dower Gear, and he's doing very well for himself. And um, you know he's such a nice guy, um, great guide as well. But he was he was actually caught in that avalanche, um, yeah. just survived. And, one of about um, three people, wasn't it? One of three Sherpa yeah. that survived, and um, yeah, was, um, one of three people, you know, severely injured in the in the. Mm. Um, in a, and ended up in a crevasse, I think, didn't it? And they had to like rescue him. From yeah, it. yeah. But yeah, it's an amazing story. And you're right about the documentary. It's a bit of a polarizing documentary because there was a lot of different views, and and there was some there was some language there as well that isn't, you know, that's that was used that wasn't particularly what we would like to hear. Yeah. Um, and that's partly the reason why we want to do stuff like this as well is to just kind of, again, you know be part of that positivity bandwagon which is recognizing these people for who they are and what they've done um you know and 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 you know putting them on a pedestal really for and yeah. that's one of the things we wanted to to talk about was again you know the confusion behind you know sherpa and stuff like that um yeah. so when we're talking and we're talking in the office and talking to our team in nepal when we talk refer to sherpa we're talking specifically about the sherpa people otherwise yeah. we refer to people as they're like you know how many porters have we got and stuff like yeah. that um but yeah it's amazing and i've seen one of the other things as well which i really wanted to highlight about the cultural aspect of nepal one of the things yeah. that i was really pleased about and something that i think we could perhaps take a lesson from is the the majority of the Nepalese people are um, Hindu 
the Sherpa and the people who tend to come from the mountains are Buddhist. There's a small Christian community as well, but there's religious harmony pretty much. It is, know, isn't it? It's so peaceful, the, right? Yeah, throughout the whole region. So, and there's a mutual respect, and there's even yeah. grey areas where the Hinduism and Buddhism kind of mix um, in certain cultures and in certain regions. And one of the things that you'll you'll see about that is, um, you know, the monkey temple, um, which is. I love that place. Um, a, yeah, it's a it's a Buddhist temple, but it's also got areas of Hindu worship as well that will be happening. Yeah. Um, and it's like that all over Nepal, and it's amazing to see. You've got these two cultures completely separate um, from each other, but yet worshipping alongside each other and offering that mutual respect and, and also learning from the other's culture as well and not, um, you know, being terribly, you know, dogmatic about what you believe although they do have a religion you know yeah. they, they take inspiration from all aspects of their community and um yeah i really really love that and that's one of the things you guys will experience when you go there as well you'll you'll you know from the time i say you get picked to the airport to the time you drop back at the airport like nepal's got something like 300 different subcultures each with their own dialects and languages yeah. um you know the sherpa community being one aspect of that so you'll come into contact with all of these people and they're different and, and so much learning and that's why we say get into base camp is so much more than going to base camp you'll learn more about um you know the uh the people and the landscape than you ever intended it's uh i don't know what i'm doing i'm off to the airport mate i'm gonna see you in a minute i know i was gonna say hey, um, well you're in your car why not screw you into your checkup get to the airport mate yeah well, exactly i'd say that i'd say that but um unfortunately it's not allowed yeah. here is it True it's enough, a red list hobby at the moment, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. The good old traffic lights. So we're, we're, we're that literally, you are the metaphor, Dave. You're the vehicle stuck at red at the moment, at the yeah. lights, right? <laughs> Before yeah, you're allowed. Exa <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Lit literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, 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 I do laugh, and I know we're joking. It's, uh, you know, but it is a serious matter, isn't it? And we, we can't wait to to get back to these places. And uh, whilst we're on that subject as well, I did want to um, just mention because we've. Last week, we did send um, an email to everyone that's going this year in 2021. Um, if you go into Morocco, that's kind of a separate thing because um, we, 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 we like to think that that's going to be um, relatively easy to travel there this year. Um, but for South America, Tanzania and Nepal, um, yeah, we sent everyone who was on a trip this year in those countries. Um, we, we sent you a little bit of an update. So just want to, if you haven't read that email, do go and check that. I would have sent it to you last Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, um, you would have received it. Um, do check that. I just wanted to remind anyone that's on. Um, and just to clarify as well, yeah, any Morocco trips, that's a kind of separate game. Um, but yeah, whilst we're talking about red lists and all that stuff, yeah, which we, we can't wait to, until we until we can move on uh, and not talk about those. But at the moment, we have to, um, as you know, we're, we're governed by that, unfortunately, in the UK. But yeah, uh, do check your emails. Um yeah, also as well, guys, obviously, any questions, do fire them away. Um, I've got a few that have dropped in, but um, obviously we're talking about the culture today uh, and Nepal. But as, as you know, on these um, on these lives, any questions about the trips? Uh, there's certain words, Dave, you're not allowed to say. And I think you know what words you're not allowed to say, because um, apparently someone might donate if you don't say a particular word about a particular leathery boot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically, I'm not allowed to mention the... Um, the... Those boots. Yeah, those, those boots. So what we're going to refer to them as is uh, those boots or the Volder boots, you know, Voldemort boots, those that can, shall not be named for today. So, um, <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what you were going out there. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I'll be honest, I've seen about two Harry Potter movies, and that's the only thing that I know about them, <laughs> um, is that you can't mention his name. I forget. Oh, man, it's magic. You should watch it. <clears throat> so, yeah, mate, any questions, fire away, because um, unfortunately I can't see them. No, that's um, okay. I've got a few here. I know, you're, I know you're, you're in the car. Right, I've got a one that's directed at you, Dave. Um, uh, I think we've got Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Um, uh, hi, Andy. Hi, Dave. How's the leg? Uh, the leg, mate, is um, well. It's, do, it's, it's doing well. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a roller coaster, as um, you know. It was described to me as a non-linear recovery, which means it doesn't just get better and better and better. It gets better then worse and better then worse and better, better, better then worse again. Um, so yeah, I'm doing little video diaries. So I've got one due to do today as well. Um, you know, which uh, I'm going to be putting out there as well, so people can kind of um, you know watch that and maybe yeah, nice maybe glean maybe glean a golden nugget. But yeah, it's doing well. So um, yeah, I've had the Obviously, I had the operation, which was an ACL reconstruction using my hamstring graft. And I'm going, I haven't seen the surgeon yet. Well, I mean, I did. I saw him immediately after the op, but um, I was too busy looking at all the pink elephants in the room. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I get to go in there today and um, find out exactly what he did, um, other than the ACL, because there was a few other bits, and um, have my stitches out. Um, yeah, and that's, that's it. And then, and then it's one day, one week, one month, one challenge, one physio session at a time. Um, mate, you're battling yeah. through. I mean, geez, yeah, I, I can't believe you're driving right now. Yeah, well, driving's actually not too bad now. Um, a couple of weeks, I couldn't. I was using automatic or in the old mother's car, uh, but now I can. I can drive again. Now I can put some weight on it. I can do yeah. short distances without my crutches. Um, but yeah, so it is. It is it, 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 again. I, I I said on the phone to uh, Diane earlier. Uh, I don't know if it was Diane. Maybe it was someone else. But. Um, I'm becoming one of these people now that, you know, when people say, uh, you know, how are you? I'm one of those people that you dread asking that question to because I'll hold you for half an hour whilst I go into some sort of... Well, Dave, I, got you, on, I got you on the clock today, mate, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but the short answer is, it's doing fine. Thanks for asking. Good man, good man. Uh, one question, I know um, I know our, our wonderful Bimlin Yeti um, replied to Anne, but we may as well talk about it on the on the live as well. Um, this is from Anne Lightfoot, and she recommended, um, can you recommend a climbing or walking shoe? Dave, you're not allowed to say certain ones. Because mm. you have a plate in your foot, so you can't bend your foot very well. So I'm looking for a suitable shoe for next year's base camp trip um, that she can trial now. And Dave, I'll jump in on this one, that's all right. Um, yeah. Certainly around, um, you know, obviously, the boots that cannot be named <clears throat> are always going to be a, a recommendation for us. But again, yeah, if you've got a plate in your in your foot there, um, just reading your, your reading what you said there, Anne. Yeah, definitely. I, I think what I would do, because like like anything with us, we're always going to recommend particular boots. Um, I'd say, yeah, you want it to you want to find that balance between a little bit of rigidity and not so rigid because you, you you're going on you're, you're trekking. You don't want to wear like a, a proper mountaineering boot because you're going to get you know that's going to really hurt. Um, you know, so what, what I'd recommend actually, I mean, although we can talk about the boots that cannot be named which I know um, Fee has messaged you, but I do recommend that you get to somewhere like Cotswood Outdoor, speak to a specialist that, uh, around the boots. Maybe they've had someone with a similar injury, a similar, um, you know, maybe having the balance between rigidity and then a little bit of flexibility so it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you don't want to be wearing moon boots going on the base camp trip. It's a lot of rocks. There's a lot of, it's going to hurt your feet. You want a little bit of give there. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend the Cotswold. Don't forget your, uh, you obviously, if you're booked with us, which I know you are, um, uh, definitely get your your little discount, which you can find yeah. in your members area when you're buying or trying any new boots. I think it's 15%, isn't it? Um, yeah. Before any discount. But yeah, Anne, I hope that answers your question. And 
Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever boots you do, the boots that shall not be named, uh, personally, I'd recommend them because I know they got a good balance between those two things that you're after. Yeah, but yeah. you're not allowed to name them because Ramona apparently no. is uh, waiting for some donations there, Ramona. <laughs> yeah, and um, I would uh, one of the other boots that I've not used but might be interesting to someone like you who has specific needs is I think they're called Forge Technicas or Technica, um, and they're the heat forged ones. So they use the ski boot technology. Um, yeah. to like do a heat mold around your foot so it's the exact same um you know shape and fit and everything like that so the ergonomics might be spot on that might yeah. be the other thing that you can do is buy whatever boots you want then um get a, an orthotic a custom orthotic yeah. made um yeah. to insert into the boot and that might actually make um, a big difference as well so yeah like andy said seek the advice is probably the best bet um specific to your condition because um and also i i would probably say have some backup as well so maybe yeah. if you do bring boots um but you're not 100 percent sure about them then have maybe some like trekking shoes some approach shoes we always recommend boots as well but um you know maybe the other thing might be maybe they, you might need more flexibility we don't know but um yeah try those forged technicas as well i think they're expensive but um i'd be interested i think someone's tried them i don't know whether it was mark ev or david mackinaw or some was it david mackinaw or so i can't remember someone on here anyway has mentioned them before okay um yeah it might have been mark ev well, orthotics are really good. I mean, any any boot you do have and, and to chuck those things in there, um, you know, will make a difference. I think that the boots that shall not be named, I've used, I, I took the original sole out, uh, insole, chucked another one in, which I think was a super feet, um, which was super feet trailblazer. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, yeah, that, again, that's good. the balance. I, I highly recommend them. I think about 22 pounds on Amazon. Um, similar sort of price across all the outdoor places. But yeah, definitely get one of those <clears throat> just because it, yeah, they're they're really worth worth the money. Um, which I know exact words I stole from James. <laughs> so thanks, James. Um, yeah, it wasn't Marky V. Wasn't Marky V. No, but it was probably yeah. Dave. You, you chat to a lot of people, mate. You never know if it is you. Yeah, I remember there was yeah. a time a few years ago, like three years ago, when I knew every single customer by name. Um, now, you still do, Dave. Oh well, I still know a lot of you, a lot of you by name. Yeah, but it's um. It's getting harder and harder because we, we keep adding more, which, <laughs> you know. Running trips, right? Yeah, but we're very lucky that the old customers, they don't go away either. They stay, which I'm very proud and happy for. But, um, yeah, yeah it, is an, it is an exercise in memory. But, um, <laughs> yeah. well, Dave, I've got you for six more minutes, so we're going to crack on with a couple more questions yeah. before you leg it, my friend. Um, right, we did get, uh, I think it was John from Brecon. Uh, we love John from Brecon. Um, how much should we tip on trips? I, I, I presume John's mentioned in the base camp trip. Yeah. So generally speaking, um, so there's there's no set amount for tipping. Um, if you want a general guideline, I usually say about 10% of the whole trip cost. Yeah. So if you're going on Everest base camp and it's 1,700 for the trip, I would tip about 170 pounds at the end of it um which is you know which is a generous amount to give to those people yeah but i know a very generous amount so you know but what so we always say give as generously as you can 10 percent is your guide but obviously we're not asking anyone to go into their overdraft or borrow money in order to do just give as generously as you can afford um and i always say that by the end of the trip you'll know how much they deserve because at the beginning of the trip you you know you're not sure where the value goes by the end of the trip um yeah you'll know that those guys are really the backbone of every expedition that we do and without them 
hardly anyone would ever reach there. There is a really, really interesting documentary, and I really annoyed myself that I forgot. It's only a short documentary. I think it's about half an hour long, um, where one person, um, uh, an American, actually did an Everest base camp trip as a porter. He must have been in Nepal for a while because he could speak Nepali. Um, but he actually did it as a porter and it really shines a little. Is it called the porter? Is it? Yeah. Um, maybe Lauren can um, frantically find it. Um, I think maybe even Fee recommended it to me. Anyway, we'll put it out there. If you haven't seen it, do watch it. It really does shine a light on the behind the scenes life of an Everest base camp porter and what they have to carry, how they live, what they do. Um, and when people watch that, um, the sentiment was, wow, they really deserve their their tips and the tips is what they live on you know we pay our we pay our guys you know really well and we look after them but it's a tip-based industry that's how it works yeah. and all of that money is just that goes directly to them their families and yeah so use 10 percent as a guide um and and then and then make you know see how that falls into your comfort zone yeah nice and it, it, whilst we've been talking about you know the, the cultural aspects of um obviously sherpa and nepal it, when it comes to tips as well, it is kind of culturally expected. Um, I know from the UK, we're, you know, we're kind of used to, to tip in as like a an added, you know, only if they go above and beyond or if they've done awesome or at a restaurant. I think, yeah, it's definitely worth And I, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of you ever trackers who have uh, been on our trips and some of you haven't yet. But certainly it's one of those feel good things, you know, um, after them lugging your, you know, especially the porters or if it's your guide. Or if, uh, you know, because we do have some Sherpa guides who are um, uh, from the Sherpa ethnic, ethnic group, uh, get my words out. And they, um, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a big part of their their earnings during the seasons that we're running trips. But, you know, we're, we're, we're fingers crossed that we can do that sooner rather than later, guys. Um, yep. As always, I'll definitely keep the questions coming because it's just going to be me soon. Because uh, Dave's going <laughs> to go. I want some questions yeah. to ask. Otherwise, I'll just be here going, hello. Uh, <laughs> Now, obviously, we can, we can talk all day. But, Dave, um, what else have we got? Um, oh, we've been told we're, we're – we're, I think someone's playing bingo here, but um, what about the word yeti? What's the, the cultural aspects of a yeti, Dave? What would you say? The cultural aspects of a yeti? Um, I would say they're quite large. I've heard they're quite smelly. Um, <laughs> they're really sighted. Yeah, really sighted. Yeah, yeah. And um, – yeah, I think the Yeti culture, I think, is is it, it's a rather unique culture. There aren't many things that you can go wrong with. There's no initial faux pas. They're very sort of, you know, you can do what you like with them. Yeah. Um, but I will say that um, when one is fasting, um, to just not approach it, it's quite grumpy. <laughs> Uh, you're not fasting, Davey. Uh, no, I broke fast at twelve. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've decided to start this intermittent fasting, um, yeah. and it basically means that from when I wake up in the morning to when I eat. Um, yeah, angry yeti. Angry <laughs> yeti is that your name? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just for you go as well. I know we've um, obviously we covered uh, a couple of things already, but I just want to mention um, around um, sort of water. And uh, I think last week, Mike, was it last week? Yeah, we um, we were discussing uh, water to go in our bottles. Um, now, water to go themselves are actually running a little competition. Um, so definitely uh, get yourself into that. I'll put the the link in the comments, um, Lauren. If you can chuck that link in the uh, the comments, that'd be great. I think um, they're giving away twelve Evertrek bottles. Um, be great if you got involved. Hanging on the wall. 
<laughs> Sorry, Anne, I couldn't help it. Um, but uh, Anne, while good. you are there, mate, I am actually yes. getting called in. So we get a little okay. telephone call when we do right. go in. So, guys, it's been awesome. Um, and yeah, take care, and I will see you all soon. Now, when you Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much, mate. I will. Bye. See you later. See ya. Bye. Right, and he's removed. Now it's just me. Right, we're still good. Right, guys. So, yeah, we're, we're talking about. Sorry, um, the water to go. If uh, you do want to get in there, I'm still waiting for the link to come in here. Do get in because, yeah, it's 12 three, uh, three bottles. So, yeah, if you want one of your Evertrek bottles, um, do make sure that you're getting in because rehydration, as we know, is uh, very important, especially on trips and, uh, you know, even after a trip, right? If you're ever on a training weekend, um, we can show you how we rehydrate after a trip. That's very, very good. Um, and I know we've got a training weekend in August. Uh, can't wait because... Although we've um, unfortunately had to, to reschedule a lot of our trips in, uh, you know, Nepal, Tanzania, um, you know, South America uh, and some in Morocco as well, which we have, have rescheduled. Uh, we're very fortunate at the moment to be able to run our trips in the UK. So, yeah, we, we, we can't wait to, to see some of you guys. Um, I know Diane, uh, I think you're on one of the uh, maybe in August, I believe. Um, and whilst I'm talking about Diane, I believe because I know you, you spoke earlier, Diane, to, to Dave. I hope Katie gets better, by the way. I know she's injured her leg. Um, yeah, just put in the comments there, uh, Diane. How, how is she getting on? Is um, I mean, I know I know there's been some issues with regards to getting getting treatment for it. I know Dave's being lucky, uh, lucky, you know, unlucky. Uh, unlucky that the injury happened. Lucky that he had, um, you know, he had some some private health insurance. But what's it, how, how is it like getting the injury and, and, and in terms of getting looked after on the NHS? I mean, how... How's that journey been? Um, I'd be keen to um, to find out about that. That's for sure. Um, Diane, let us know. Um, but yeah, just going through the questions, guys. I'm still waiting for some more. If you've got any questions around Nepal, anything like that at all, do fire them in. I mean, whilst, I suppose one thing that we, we put in the email we haven't talked about yet is why we only use the local guides. Because that's, that's a big thing. When I first started the company in 2016, it was... Um, you know, people who were booking in and coming, I mean, obviously they wanted to to come with myself and on some of the trips, but, you know, the big part and, and the big thing we, we always encourage is that, you know, we love to use, uh, you know, local guides. I think there, there's, there's something to be said about going to a place and instead of having someone that's gone with you and, and, and kind of guided you around, I prefer to use someone from the local area. I think whenever I've been backpacking, um <laughs> yeah you could talk about kit now Brian. yeah you can um but not the boots that shall not be named because ramona um uh, she has promised to donate so if i don't say it so i need to hold on to that um yeah but the uh where was i uh yeah so the local guides there's something to be said about someone that has lived there and uh, most of their life most of them all their life and you know they know the mountains like the you know the back of their hand and it's uh, for me that was always what I wanted for forever trekkers was that if there's if it's the best people I've seen that you know most experienced I mean most of them have climbed um, I think several of our guys have climbed Everest um, you know most of them have been to, to base camp over three hundred times so you know these are you can't replace that experience with um, just because uh, there's someone that comes with you from the UK um, I think yeah I think if you've been around the community long enough you know that that's what we're about on all of our trips. Um, and it will always be like that. I mean, you know, if I'm on a trip or if Dave's on a trip or one of the Evertrek Yetis are on the trip, um, you know, we don't we don't lead those trips. Um, you know, they're still guided by um, 
are porters or a Sherpa or a guides. Um, you know, they're, they're guided by them. So, but we'll be there obviously to enjoy it. Um, you know, but we're not, we wouldn't be guiding you as such because again, um, it's the, uh, it's, it's the locals that have the, the local knowledge. Um, and yeah, I think just looking at Lauren there, I think she's put in a little really good article that, um, uh, we wrote a while back. I think it was Dave actually that put that together. Um, might've been last year and it was, it was more in depth about why, you know, why we do use local guides. Um, because not only does it enrich, I think obviously the local economy, because you're supporting them, you know, you're providing jobs locally, um, you know, but you're, you're keeping everything there rather than bringing the money out, which for me was always the, always one of the reasons why, um, Firstly, I started the company, which was to, to help Nepal, but obviously then uh, for you guys to have the best experience, which I think is with local guides. But uh, yeah, so that's what I wanted to do about that. Um, just Haley, just reading your question. Uh, the number of ports and guides proportionate to the number in the group. Think of this in terms of tips, and they distribute it or tip direct. So yeah, in Nepal, the kind of way we, we, we've always done it is that uh, on the last night, so uh, let's say you go into Island Peak, um, that was for Mick, because <laughs> he'll tell me off if I don't mention Island Peak. Uh, or if you go to Everest Base Camp or Mera Peak, uh, you know, if you're in that region um, of Nepal, um, very similar as well if you, if you go to Annapurna, um, if you go in that way. On the last night, um, basically you'll have like a little celebration. So all the, all the porters, the guys, the assistant guides, uh, you'll get together um, and then you can have a little bit of a uh, let your hair down night. You know, have a beer. Uh, have some food. You can have some meat for the first time if you want to eat meat. Um, you know, just to just have a bit of a celebration. And then what happens then is depending on. Um, so, for example, you'll have uh, we we pull all the tips in, and then we kind of distribute it. So, for example, if we had say a hundred thousand rupee Nepalese rupee, it's quite a lot, but we're going to use that because round number. Um, and say we divvied up and said, okay, we give like forty thousand to the for the guide. Um, you know, because that's, you know, he's obviously looked after and managed you. And then you have, um, you know, say 30 um, that would be for the, the four or five assistant guides that would be with you. Because if if you're over six people, I mean, we, we, we tend to keep the groups around about sort of 10 to 12 people anyway. Um, sometimes, you know, we do squeeze people on. It's slightly larger, but more usually around that. So we'll have a few assistant guides. Um, and so we want to give some money to them. And then the rest of it then is divvied up to the porters. That's generally how it works, um, and then that's kind of given to them on the last night. Um, that's that's generally when it when it comes to the tips. Slightly different in um, again, we, we go back to cultures. Slightly different in different countries, um, like in Tanzania, it's kind of because of the, the the kind of way they do it there and their their kind of again their culture. Uh, we give all of the tips to the the head guide. Um, and then we write down sort of a little bit of a percentage and then they divvy it out, you know, as and when. It's not a big ceremony. Um, just because, especially on Tanzania, sometimes you have like over 40 porters that are coming up, um, you know, carrying all your gear and the tents and the, and the, the food. You've got chefs. Um, you know, they don't all come, come back to the hotel. They go back to their villages. Um, or they, if they're working consecutive trips, they'll, they'll go off and do another trip. So that money then is, is, is kind of gives the guide and the guide can distribute that. Um, so that's how it works in, in kind of Tanzania, but yeah, in in Nepal, um, yeah, that's how it works in terms of tips. I hope that kind of answers your question a little bit, Haley, um, because I think one thing uh, I was asked this before, you know, about um, porters, because you want to want to look after them. But essentially, uh, I, I, most of their wages are made out of tips. Again, that's that's because that's kind of how it works in Nepal. 
Um, you know, we always wanted to to try and try and influence that as much as we can without again disrupting their culture. Um, because although we'd give them a certain amount of money, they'd still expect a tip because that's their culture. So we were we didn't want to we didn't want to upset the apple cart with that. So we thought right, we keep it to how what they know. And then by doing and by doing this sort of stuff and saying, okay, guys, if you give like 10%, as they've said, you know, if you go on trip to base camp, it's about 150, 170 pounds. Um, that is kind of the, you know, the, the best way um, in our eyes to do it. Um, and I always like to think that you, you don't want to be surprised by anything. You know, I've, I've been on trips before and um, not, not to Nepal, separate trips. And you, you kind of surprised and thought, well, I didn't know about that. That's a bit, you know, that's, that's, that's a bit dodge. And we, we don't want that. Like we want, you to know that okay this is going to happen and you know you, you obviously expected to pay tips just because it's culturally expected um yeah so i said rabbit on about that i just wanted to do it justice um yeah and, and brian makes a good point as well around you know it doesn't ha just have to be money um all the porters and the guides and the assistant guides and, the, and, the, and some of the sherpa they do love um you know equipment uh, if you've got a hat or a jacket or i'm actually wearing I don't know if you can see, Sherpa t-shirt there. Eh? It's, it's actually weird because I'm on that side. Sherpa, there we go. Um, yeah, if you've got any um, any gear that you kind of think, okay, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind parting with this now, then you can give that to, to your, gui your guides or your assistant guides. Um, it is really good. And something I did is it was um, I had some spare footwear as well, and I, I handed that to my first ever guide I went to base camp with, um, which was fantastic. But right, I'm just going through now, just so I can get any any questions, guys. Um, no worries, Haley. I hope that that helped. <clears throat> um, Diane, just reading your um, uh, your comments as well around Katie. Yeah, I would just just reading that back. Um, yeah, I've, I think you're always going to get pushed back on whether you need it because, um, and, and this isn't a personal experience. I'm just going on what Dave has, has told me, and a lot of other people is that definitely push back and say, look, man, I need. I need this to be as good as it can be because of your active lifestyle. You know, if you're, if you're like, I know Katie, she's a dancer or, um, you know, if you're doing any of the, um, what is it, the, the pole dancing stuff you do, which is really cool, um, keeping yourself fit. So any, all of that, you've got an active lifestyle. You need to get your leg back into a, in a into a condition. You want to be able to keep that lifestyle up. So, yeah, 100%, I'd, I'd push back on it and say, look, you know, we, we need this um, as, as soon as you can. Um Joel, uh, Joel Palmer, Joel, uh, Andy, has anyone been to EBC and just didn't get it? As in the scenery, hard work. Um, yeah, I, I think, I, I suppose didn't get it in, in terms of didn't understand it, Joel. Is that what you mean? So, yeah, you do get some people that go there. Um, very rare. I mean, this is very rare. I'm talking less than, less than half a percent of people, maybe even less. <clears throat> just thinking of the last five years, if there's anyone that stand out. I think... We had a couple of people who were, I'd say, borderline racist, but they 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 were, <laughs> um, unfortunately, and you know they certainly didn't get it um, to the point that when we dropped them off to the airport, they were kicking the taxi, which wasn't great. But this is like the complete, like you know, I wasn't happy about that at all, and they'll never come on a, on another trek trip again. But you know, it was yeah. You do, unfortunately, in life, you get your good people and you get your bad people. Um, you know, you get your people who go there for certain reasons and you get your people who go over there for what I would say uh, probably reasons that are more like the Evertrack community that we know. And I think definitely, um, you know, you do get some people who just don't get it. And they go out there 
with the kind of mindset that it's uh, what's, what's the word? I want to do it justice, but essentially, yeah, they don't they don't get the the different things like they like. I suppose one example was um, I remember a guy actually shouted at Sherpa once, and I was like, whoa! And I kind of pulled him aside. Luckily, I was there then. Um, you know, and I pulled him aside and, and, and had a word and said, look, you can't do that, mate. You, you, you don't do that here. And we're not going to tolerate that. Um, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of, um, you treat people with respect. And I think you, yeah, that goes both ways. And yeah, if you start shouting at um, a Sherpa, I think, you know, he was suffering with some altitude issues, wasn't feeling great, but still you don't take that out on, on anyone. So yeah, we weren't, we weren't having that. But, you know, so you do get some people. Um, yeah, I don't get it. But look, I, I'm preaching the converted here because if you're on this live, um, you, you, you're definitely one of the you're definitely the people that will get it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So very, um, very limited people there. But um, good question, Joel. I mean, you know, I, I speak to all different people. They go to certain, you know to these places for different reasons. I think. Um, yeah, I know, Joel. I know it's uh, yeah, kicking taxis is, is bad, isn't it? Um, and didn't pay for it either, which was uh, a bit of a no. I didn't pay for their hotel. So, yeah, anyway, that, that's, that's a story for another day. But, you know, that's um, unfortunately part of, the, part of the journey. But, yeah, when it comes to – sorry, just just trying to uh, catch up where I was. Yeah, so when you, you've got the reasons that people go there, I think a lot – I mean, the reason I wanted to go there was, uh, you know, was to prove that, you know, because I got asthma, was to prove that physically I can make it. And I realised, okay, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at altitude. Um, and it, although it was difficult, you know, I've, I've kind of always been one of those people that likes that challenge. And I think a lot of you are. If you like a challenge, you like pushing yourself, then you share those same values. And, and that's why you got it. Some people go there, um, uh, you know, to maybe remember a loved one, to do it for them. Some people go there to raise money for charity. Some people want to just go there just to tick it off the list and get it done. Um, but I think whatever reason you go out there for, the things you'll get out of it would be different. Um, you know, you'll go over there and you'll realize that, you know, and I think we've said this loads of times is that, you know, you, you realize that the friendliness of the Sherpa people, the friendliness of the Nepalese people, um, you know, what they'll, the, the lengths they will go to look after you, to make you feel comfortable. Then also the, the, the people you meet in your group. I mean, the other day, you know, I was chatting to, to two of our um, Ever Trekkers who, who met on a training weekend. And then went to have a space camp together, and now they're getting engaged. And I was like, "That's fantastic!" You know, just to see some couple of ever trekkers. So, you know, they didn't know that. <laughs> you know, they went there just to kind of um, you know, to challenge themselves. And next thing you know, they're together, and you know, it's fantastic. Um, I know Ali was was chatting to them on Zoom um, just to, to hear a, a little bit more about their story. And you know, it was uh, it was certainly uh, it was something that. You know, I was very proud of them because, you know, that, that, that's also a big part of it is meeting the people you get to, um, you, you, you never know you're going to meet. I, we, I used to call it, you know, my backpacking days, your friends to be discovered because there are. You go on these trips, there's plenty of friends out there to be discovered. Um, and, you know, you don't know about that. Um, and then it comes to the, you know, one of the big things, which is around um, the views. I mean, geez, you know, when you're walking through the Kumbu Valley and then you've got Everest there and you've got, um, you know, uh, Amadablam, and you've got all these amazing mountains, and you're like, wow, I feel so small. <laughs> you know, you realize the power of, of nature and landscape. I mean, that leaves its mark on you, that's for sure. Um, you know, when you're up there, and, and also the achievement. I think when you get up there and, and you once you achieve it, 
And then afterwards, you're just sitting down, maybe maybe at home, like several days later, with a cup of tea and your your feet up or whatever, and you're chilling. Maybe you're watching Netflix, and it'll pop in your head. You'd be like, "Shit, I actually did something amazing. What else can I achieve? What else can I do?" Um, and yeah, that. So when it comes to to you know people who don't get it and, and why people do it, I think yeah, you just gotta go up there with go over there with an open mind, enjoy it. And uh, you'll, you know, you'll have uh, an amazing time, and maybe it, maybe it'll drag you back. Um, you know, Mick, uh, Mick, uh, obviously coming coming back with us to do Island Peak when when we can get back there, Mick. Um, but yeah, and I know we can't wait to, to get back out there. And obviously, he's been to base camp now. Now wants to climb Island Peak. Um, you know, uh, and again for, for maybe different reasons the first time, but I know he's going to have an awesome time with us as long as he keeps hydrating, of course. Isn't that right, Mick? <laughs> um, but right, yeah, got some more questions, guys. Sorry, I know I was jabbering on. David Carpenter, I knew he'd pop a question because I know he's he's there getting looked at, but he will see. Um, he'll, he's trying to test me. Any recommendation on boots for an injured trekker? Um, for you, Dave? No, I don't, I haven't got any recommendations for you uh, other than use your, um, those flip-flops that you, that you wear, Dave. I'm sure they'd be fine for you, man. Uh, <laughs> um, and Haley has asked another question, which is also a good one. Any other cultural considerations? Uh, overly excitable to make it to base camp, want to hug the guide. Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, if you've ever been, where do I start? So, yeah, in, in Asia, um, you know, there's a lot of different cultures, lots of different religions. Sliders. Yes, Leah, they are called sliders. Um, and there's certain things that you, you, you kind of, you're always told, okay, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, like in Thailand, for instance, uh, they always recommend don't point your feet at people, don't uh, touch the head, um, because it's kind of classed as like the sacred part of the body, um, you know. So it's that that's kind of how it is in Thailand. I say it's a little bit different in Nepal. Honestly, they they don't mind they don't mind a hug, a high five. Um, you know, I think it's just about being nice. Um, sometimes you can you can sort of, when it comes to the older generation. Um, you know, say in the old, uh, you know, Namaste um, is certainly a certain certain welcome that you give someone, uh, and also it's Namaste is goodbye as well. So you can, you, you know, it's a nice little um, uh, hello and goodbye. It's nice to you. you can say Damni Bat, which is like thank you. Um, so yeah, if you're out there and you get some food, you can say oh, you know Damni Bat, always something to to say. Um, in terms of culture, I mean, when you're in a monastery, um, I think from a I mean, anyone's perspective, you've, you've got to cover the shoulders if you're in a monastery. Always worth it, remembering that. Um, and also, yeah, don't point your feet at uh, the Buddha. Um, so when you go into a monastery, uh, all monasteries usually have um, like a gigantic Buddha, which is like the central piece of the monastery. Um, so you don't want to be pointing any feet towards that. Um, and again, uh, it's about kind of, uh, you know, keeping the, you know, no... No loud noises, essentially, because they'll be praying and they'll be man they'll be doing their mantras. Um, fantastic places, though, monasteries, honestly. So, if you um, if you ever want to chill out for ten minutes and just gather your thoughts, go to a monastery in in Nepal and just sit there cross legged with your eyes open and your ears open and just take it all in. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I can't wait to get back. Um, <laughs> Dave's trying to uh, get me to say the. Um, <clears throat> the the boots that shall not be named, isn't it? That's what they are. I almost forgot then. <laughs> um, need an Evertrek translator app, but useful phrases. Dave Ribbonson. Yeah, you know what? That's a great idea. Um, if you are booked on a trip, though, you in the Vamoose app, 
if you go to, uh, I think it's in the Yeti tips, I think I've put a link to Google Translate there. So Dave, go for it in the Evertrack app. Have a little look. Uh, use it obviously with Vamoose. Um, check out that, and uh, you can you can get some uh, Nepali phrases. I want to put together, um, you know, phrases for all of our trips. It's certainly on the on the to do list. Um, I'd love to to kind of get that out there because yes, useful. We go to Nepal, Morocco, you know, whatever you uh, was it uh, Salam Alaikum, which is in Morocco. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic to learn that stuff, isn't it? You can go there and it's polite. Um, just reading through some of these. Any more questions, guys? Do drop them in because I think we're all we're almost kind of coming towards the end here. I think just a reminder as well. I go back to what I said at the beginning. A couple more days now for Strides to Guides. Um, obviously, it'd be great to see people getting involved. Um, yeah, I I did uh, just over a hundred kilometers. Uh, I think one hundred and two kilometers. But uh, yeah, I had to uh, quarantine for, for ten days. I had to come in. Um, uh, from a different country so yeah yeah i had to uh that put i wanted to do 200 but uh, anyway 100, 100 was was good enough i was i was happy with that um for the boys uh, and yeah but trying to raise some money obviously is, is the most important thing i know obviously yes you know doing two three four hundred kilometers is great whatever you do but it's all about the money we raise because that's what will make a difference so yeah you know thanks for for being a part of that with us um it's been great it's weird actually watching the comments and then seeing dave on there because I'm like, I can just see him. Um, you can't teach someone the Yeti language. Yeah, the Yeti language is secret, Dave. You can't tell anyone that. Um, you know, we've got we've got our whole little Yeti book. Um, right, what is the best local snacks from Leah? Uh, Leah, you have to bring some Bundaberg rum. Um, that is, you, you must, you, you must. Uh, bring that along with you. <laughs> no, only, only, only uh, joking, Leah. And uh, Leah, I have to say, Leah, thanks so much. You're one of our other trekkers that's the furthest away from us, and then we get so many gifts. This is great. Um, Penny loves that koala you sent her, by the way. Um, she absolutely loves it. Every time we're in the office, she is tearing the koala to pieces. You know, it's a toy, so we're okay with that. Um, but she absolutely loves it. But thanks so much. And, uh, your, your, your coasters um, are in the, the room next door. We had... Um, so over the last uh, week or so, we we actually uh, had some guests on our podcast, uh, which we'll be release, releasing very soon. One was a lady called Paula Power, part of the first female team to reach the North Pole in 1997. Um, and, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, anyway, um, she was great to have on the podcast. Um, we'll be putting that out hopefully uh, next week now. Um, we'll, we'll get that out. And then we also had a, a gentleman called Paul Foch, um who is um he's like an ultra marathon runner he does a lot of big big challenges and uh, he's a really interesting guy so I, I thought it'd be great to have him in just to share his story um as well as paul paula shared her, her story which was awesome uh, you know why she got involved with it but when it comes to um you know one of the reasons why we take on challenges you know some of the things we can learn from it um when to turn back was a good one um you know i don't want to spoil it because uh i want you have to listen to the episode, but um, you know it doesn't always go to plan. Um, and that's Paul. You know he's had to pull out of events. You know he's had bad things happen, but the things he learned from that and the lessons then he can he can he can glean from that to, for future adventures, I think was really valuable. Um, and, and more than anything, you know, and, and this is three people now who we've interviewed on the podcast is actually realizing that these are just um, you know I hope they they don't want me saying this, but just ordinary people essentially doing extraordinary things. Um, and it just goes to show that it doesn't matter where you come from or 
uh, what you do for a living or whatever it is. You, you can do whatever you want to do in life, um, you know, especially when it comes to challenges. Uh, in my opinion, that's uh, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I think, you know, it just goes to show that when all, all of you guys, uh, you know, you go on all these trips, you're doing amazing things. And you don't have to be a superhero or a triathlete or, or anyone to do that. You can get out there and you can you can go and do it. Um, Ramona, 20 pound donation. Hand is hovering over the enter button. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Ramona. And Ramona's, uh, you know, and I know a lot of you guys on here, uh, you know, very what I would call uh, our Evertrek ambassadors. And, you know, they're really good to see you guys, um, you know, always, always saying some nice things. Um you know, and always, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the, the guides and the Sherpa people, um, you know, in the right way, which is with respect. Um, you know, and it's, it's really nice to see that, um, you know, and yeah, long may it continue, guys. Long may it continue. But yeah, we'll um, we'll, we'll finish up there. I think we, we've covered a lot today. Um, yeah, Ramona, you can donate on that button now. I'm not going to say it. Uh, the boots that shall not be named. <laughs> um, but yeah, last one, Andrew Scott. Nope, alcohol out. Stu's not recommended. 100%. Um, although I'd recommend it on the way down, Andrew. Um, I've had it on the way up, and this is before I ever trek now. Um, you know, but as you do, you've got to try all these things. Um, yeah, hangovers around altitude aren't good. Uh, and yeah, something we recommend from professional capacity is that when you're going up um, to altitude on the start of your trip, yeah, don't drink any beers, don't drink any alcohol. When you come down, go for it. That's why, you know, celebrate the achievement. Um, again, I go back to, to why we do things. If you want to you party and celebrate it, go for it. Um, I do. And it's great. It's a great way to um, celebrate after achieving something you want to achieve. And I think it's good to celebrate the highs because I think some, sometimes in life we get those lows, don't we? Um, you know, we get those lows in life and we're like, you know, we get hit and we get hit down. That's why when you get a high, celebrate it like no tomorrow. Because, yeah, that's the way. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, lovely to, um, yeah, uh, thanks very much, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's on his phone now, just commenting. Um, but, yeah, it's great. And uh, nice to see so many of you on. Um, as always, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, but most importantly as well, anything in the interim, just reach out to us. That's what we're here for. Um, I know it's a challenging time at the moment. Uh, you know, we, we understand it is. and Lots of mixed messages around about travel. But so hopefully... Come July, especially from the UK's perspective, we've got a little bit of clarity about travel going forward. Um, I'm really looking forward to that because uh, I can't wait to get out there myself, um, you know, as well as, as, as all you guys as well. Um, but anything in the interim, give us a shout. All right. Cheers, guys. All the best. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I yeah. hope you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>